This is the High Hopes Podcast. It's a bunch of baseball nerds talking about the Phillies on Radio.com and Sports Radio 94 WIP. Go! It is another edition of the High Hopes Podcast. An edition when the Phillies dominated today jack i'm guessing you're fired up after what we Uh, saw today listen uh i'm so happy uh that i'm so happy that um it makes up for cole hamill's blowing the 2009 world series like that's yeah oh we're good like i'm all good with cole now uh we've all made up we're all good so yes drubbing the yankees 15 nothing like like uh we we talked we talked in the past of like uh, we don't like having TVs on at work, right? I mean, we're yes. doing our, our yes. producing our we shows. We are focused. We're locked in. Yeah. Distracting. But, but then I saw Matt Moore throw those two dominant innings. <laughs> and I'm like, well, well, that's completely thrown out the window. So I put them on, and like they like Johnny and and I must think I'm crazy because like as Moniac's hitting dingers, uh, I'm fist pumping, like getting all fired up, and it's like ultimately it's just spring training. But I don't know. Today felt like my World Series. Oh, that's sad, man. It's actually it actually makes me really sad. Well, listen, it's been a long decade. For me. <laughs> man, I really hope today was not your old series. Here's the thing, though, and, and we're going to get into everything we saw today and what we're seeing. And my, uh, uh, I'm sure, uh, more sober take on what we saw and have seen so far than you. But I mean, we have to start this podcast off with the most important thing to Jack. In his life right now, Jack has decided that something is going to be his passion project. Like, there is something that is now the thing. Like, you thought Nick Pavetta was the thing. Oh, no. Jim Costanti is the thing. Am I right, Jack? <laughs> yeah, I just I can't believe we're leading the podcast off with this, but here it's we are. That's all you've talked about all week. How could I not? I know. So uh, my new passion project is getting Jim Constanti on the wall of fame. Um, I think it is utterly ridiculous that the 1950 NL MVP, some say the first Josh Hader, um, <laughs> the first Josh Hader slash Andrew Miller type reliever. Um, you know, th- that team went, that team went to the World Series and he was the NL MVP. And I think it's past it's past time to put Jim Constanti um, on the wall of fame. So I will be organizing a movement. We will be uh, down at Citizens Bank Park. We will create a hashtag. And um, we, listen, he may have died in 1973, but we're going to keep his his his, uh, his life alive, all right? So, Well, uh, what's funny is the fact that Mike Lieberthal's on the Wall of Fame and Jim Castani isn't. Exactly. It's actually kind of ridiculous. What's even funnier is actually looking at Have you ever looked at his MVP season? Uh, I think like once, but I haven't looked it's in a little while. It's one of the weirdest reference lines you could possibly think of. So as you mentioned, a great reliever, 22 saves on the season. Also somehow went 16 and seven, <laughs> 23 decisions for Constanti that year, a two, six, six ERA. You ready for this one, Jack? Yes. Yes, I am. My man pitched 152 innings. Would you like to take a guess at how many strikeouts MVP Jim Costanti had in the 152 innings that he pitched? 78. 56. Wow. 56, man. 56. Well, as as we all know, Jim Constanti was a classic ground ball pitcher. Uh, It's one every three innings. He was striking out a guy one every three innings, and he won the MVP. 
Yeah, well, I don't think they were. I don't think the voters were on fan graphs back in the day. No, I don't um, think so. <laughs> so I just, uh, you know, I think it's past. This, I think it's past <laughs> time to get Jim Constanty, the 1950 NL MVP, um, into the Phillies Wall of Fame. I mean, Lieberthal's in there. Some scrubs are in there. Uh, and again, he may have died in 1973, but we're going to keep his legend on because. <laughs> I think it's ridiculous that he's not on the wall of fame. So yes, that is, this is the new passion project of the high hopes podcast. Sure. Did we do more important things like getting Bryce Harper here? Yes, we did. But some would say that getting Jim Constanty in the wall of fame is just as important as getting Bryce here. I mean, I would say more important. I mean, this is forever, right? I mean, like Bryce is here for a 13 year contract. It's awesome. I love having him here, but this is uh, immortalizing Jim Constanty. Yeah. So. Well, especially when you factor in that there's a, high likelihood that Jim Constanty will win more MVPs in, in a Phillies uniform than Bryce Harper. <laughs> Ouch. Not cool. Not good, Jack. <laughs> Don't go there. Did you think there was any chance we were starting the pod? Did you see this coming in any way, shape, or form? Or no? No, I didn't. And I don't uh, I don't blame <laughs> I don't blame anyone out there that decided to turn this off thinking that they were going to get excited about a 15 nothing Phil's victory over the Yanks, but here we are. So, Jim Constanty, Wall of Fame Immortalizing. Immortalizing. Yes. It's more important. All right, 15 to nothing. Let's get into it. Yes. Um, I mean, it, it was not just a 15 to nothing game, but it was a 15 to nothing Jack Fritz game. I mean, you get two bombs from Moniac, jetpacks yep. back, yep. you know, Matt Moore twirling two shutouts. I mean, that's we, right. The freaking title of our last pod was how you can't sleep because you're thinking about Matt Moore. Like, all right, so just go through the range of emotions today. How excited are you about all these things and what what really sticks out to you the most? So, uh, so obviously, full disclosure, we don't lie to the high hopes listeners. Um, so I watched like I watched on my phone while in the meeting with Mark oh, Reese. That... Oh my god, who are you? Who does this? <laughs> well, listen, man, I was dying. I I I needed it. So uh, so I was watching on my phone in the Mark and Reese meeting. Obviously, I couldn't be fully dialed in. Um, and then we obviously had our meeting go out. I watched a little bit. Uh, my computer turned on. So like I wasn't I wasn't as locked in as I usually am on my spring training baseball. Um, and I am currently now going back and and rewatching it so I, I just got through the, the 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 two matt moore innings so um but i i do have some some definite takeaways from it like matt moore just looked i think my biggest takeaway is that he looked free and easy like he looked very smooth and i know it was you know 92 93 on the on the uh stadium gun but i think you could make the case that you know, a couple like by the end of the month, it could be ninety four, yeah. ninety five. Yeah, there. I expect to see if a guy's not pitching harder in a month than he is in his first start of spring training, then you actually worry. Like what what happened there? So I'm with right. You. So uh, so I thought it looked free and easy, and um, uh, we talked a lot about in the in the thinking about Matt Moore late at night podcast about uh his knuckle curve to to lefty batters and i mean right off the bat it was it was a it was a nasty curve and i was just like this is this is the dream right here so um um i thought he looked great uh like a lot of hambles vibes uh which is weird um but really smooth mechanics 93 94 dotted the inside corner um a couple times with this fastball even got a even got a one of the righty hitters for the yankees with a change up on the inside corner I was actually more impressed with his changeup than I thought it was going to be. I thought it was only, I thought it was always just kind of an okay pitch, but um, I think it had pretty good deception today uh, and looks like a weapon to to righty batters. So, you know, we, like Matt Moore, it, obviously 
was once a sexy name, then became terrible. Um, but I thought I genuinely thought he was starting to make strides with the Tigers in 2019. And then he pitched in Japan last year and, and Matt Moore pitched more innings than anyone in Major League Baseball did last year. He pitched like 85 innings in Japan. So um, I, I, I just I really liked what I saw. Obviously, I don't want to get too far ahead of myself. But uh, that knuckle curve is definitely a weapon. Was impressed with the changeup, and I really thought um, his fastball rides a lot, especially um, inside to righties. So um, knuckle curves to lefties, inside fastballs to righties, and we might have something here. But definitely a good start. Uh, I love the the concept of you being like, I don't want to get ahead of myself. Yeah, I okay. don't want to get too far ahead okay, of myself. Jack. But Mickey so, Moniak so, might make the All Star team this year. Yeah, exactly. So so where are we at on the uh, before we get to Moniak? The official Jack Fritz has talked himself into Matt Moore, like level here. Mm. Like, what what level are we at on the scale, mm. so to speak? Um, I won't put it at 2019 Pavetta. Obviously not. <laughs> well, it's impossible. I mean, <laughs> um, I, I'd say it's comparable to uh, 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 what was it called last year? Summer camp. Uh, Vin- Vince Velasquez last year. Like, okay. Like, like okay. there there are some things to be positive on. Um, but given the track record, I don't want to be fully in because I know I could get hurt. And really, I don't want to lead the high hopes people down the wrong path. Like I feel bad about Pavetta. You know, I feel like I led everyone down the path and it turned and was terrible, even though he looked pretty good at his first spring training start. But, um, um, so I, I don't want to get too ahead of myself. I know that sounds funny because whatever that me, but, uh, definite positive things, and I could see why the Phillies were in on him. Okay, quickly, do you think we had talked about him potentially being a like a dominant reliever weapon out of the yeah. pen? Yeah. You still lean that way? Or you think it's more likely he's going to get a shot at this rotation? No, I think I think he's their number four. I really do. I think. Wow. I think. I think what I thought was going to be the Pomerantz kind of converted starter. Not, and, and this isn't long term, but I think it's going to be Spencer Howard and Vinny. Um, are going to be like the long reliever uh, starter kind of guys. Whereas I thought maybe Matt Moore was going to be the Pomerantz, but um, like, like Spencer Howard just seems like they're going to start molding him for that so they can manage his innings. And then Vinny, like the way, the, the way that they're doing the pitching staffs the next two days kind of are, are telling you something, I think, because you know, the hardest part for most starters when they start going on the bullpen is getting used to it. Like I, I know this isn't the same thing, but I was always terrible coming out of the bullpen, because um, <laughs> I had. I, I, but but in all seriousness, like starters. I, mean, I know I'm not like I know, you know talking about major league pitching. You know, let me let me tell you. I know, I know. Pitch, but but pitchers are pitchers. And, True. Um, I just I always had a I always had a um, uh, a routine as a starter that I would get myself into, and I'm sure these guys do the same thing. And it's just a different mindset going from the bullpen. So they're they're actually doing a smart thing in in getting these guys saying from day one you're going to be a bullpen guy and getting them used to that like you can always go back to being a starter and going back to that routine but getting in a routine as a bullpen guy is way harder to do so um i like that from early in spring it feels like girardi and co um are already defining roles all right moniac go Oh, Mick. Oh, I, mean, <laughs> I mean, I mean, talk about talk about being dead right about a guy. I feel like the number one pick is now vindicated. Um, he is he is awesome. Um, and it's like he looks so good. I mean, 
Like, his hands look quick. He looks strong. And, you know, everyone's talking about, oh, who's going to win the center field job? Well, Mickey Moniak. Why not Mickey Moniak? I mean, it was a it was a good start today uh, to, to break out Moniak. Um, but, yeah, he, he looks quick. He looks fast. Um, looks more comfortable in the box. You know, last couple times he has come up and been in spring training, like, he just doesn't look like the pitch recognition is there. But, um, yeah, it was a step in the right direction today. Um, absolute tanks. And I can't wait for more. I want like, – <laughs> like, honestly, honestly, James, like, the starters could play two innings for all I care. Like, the only thing that I want to see for the rest of spring training is, like, Johan Rojas, Bryson uh-huh. Stott. Oh, Mickey I know. Moniak, I think like, everyone listening to this podcast, you didn't even need to say that. I mean, it was just assumed that that I, was I, what you, you, what you I know. And this is gonna sound this is gonna sound bad, but like, you know, I saw Bryce was gonna is gonna make his uh, Grapefruit League debut tomorrow, and I was like, that's cool, I guess. Like, can, can, can you tell wow. me? Who the, can you tell me who the reserves are gonna be? Like, I just oh, <laughs> I just want to know when it's time for me to really uh, uh, lock it. on the game. When do I yeah. have to care? Yes. Yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, all right. I, oh, like, we love Mickey. That's our guy. Friend of the pod. Super great guy, super great guest, easily the best talker of all those guys we had on. But I have come to resign myself to looking at Mickey Moniak as a fourth outfielder at best. Do you think there's still potential for him to be a real major leaguer, like an everyday guy? Is that, you know, all jokes aside, reality, like we never lie to the IOPS listeners. Like, do you think that Mickey Moniak's ceiling is higher than just kind of a reserve player? Because it feels like that's what he is, right? Now. Um, I think I think he's I think he could be a starting caliber player. Uh, I don't obviously the, the number one pick stuff is whatever. I mean that's not oh, that, not gonna happen. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean it's obviously every, everyone knows that, but I do think that there's a like a a starting ish caliber player. But yeah, it's probably it's probably fourth outfielder. Um, could start kind of in a platoon role. Um, but. I don't know, because I, I do think the first couple of years, I don't think the development was that great for him, and he is still only 22. Um, so I just, you know, I, I I think there could be potential for more, especially as he, if he keeps working with, with Ochard and, and the hitting staff down there. Like, I, I believe in his ceiling more than I believe in Adam Hazley's ceiling. Wow. Like, I think Oh yeah, no. I, I think I, I, I believe in Moniac more than I believe in Adam Hazley. Wow, I, that's okay. I mean, yeah, that's so, something. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think there's a good, I think there's a good solid player in there. Um, it's gonna take a little bit to get it out of him, but um, I just think these last two years have have done a really good job in 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 getting the most out of Moniac that I don't think was a reality even like three years ago. So um, yeah, I mean, I just I hope he's good. I like the kid. Uh, I think I think Mickey Moniac is a fantastic baseball name, and uh, I'm rooting hard for him. Yeah, I'm rooting hard for him, too. And, again, like we talked about, I mean, just a super likable guy. And if you haven't heard, you can go back and listen to our pod with him like a year ago, whatever it was. And he was awesome. Like, he, we had Boehm, him, and Howard on. And, like, he was just easily the best talker of the three. He was the most engaging, most fun to talk to. So we were certainly rooting for Mickey. Now, I can't – before we move on, like, I can't yeah. yep. just – I can't let it go. Okay. Uh, I mean, you just tear me apart anytime I say a player's name wrong. Oh, uh, who did I can mess you, up? Can you again say what it's called when, I don't know, two players, you know, kind of split a position? Oh, yeah. What, I would say platoon. <laughs> platoon, yeah, not platoon. Oh, yeah. I've, I've always <laughs> said platoon. I don't know why. 
It's platoon. Platoon. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, it makes sense. Platoon. But see, but what I do though is I get bullied into saying things right. Like I used to say jaguar, jaguar. You used um, to do the jaguar, or jaguar type thing. Yeah, but now yeah. I'm a now I'm a jaguar guy. <laughs> Good. Well, I'm happy we're at least moving in the right direction. With these things. Yeah, unlike you, who you know, I oh, mean, oh yeah, I mess up a name or two that I've never heard before. At least I know how to say words. That you know you use Dude, in Anthony English Rendon was like the, the level. Anthony Rendon was the best third baseman in baseball. That when he called him Rendon, so let's yeah. calm down. Okay, N- nineteen eighty six Best Picture winner. What was it called? Platoon. I don't think so. Was that one of those stupid Stallone movies? <laughs> no. Do you not know what Platoon is, dude? Uh oh, is that the one with Charlie Sheen? It is. Yes, okay. Charlie no. Sheen is in that one. Look at you. I have obviously never seen that. Of course not. I would have never expected it. All right, back to today. Uh, what else? Jetpack's back? Uh, oh, no! Dude. This is your thing! I know. You're I the know. Jetpack's back guy! I know. I know. I know. I know. I know. I, I know. I just hate the swing. Like, I really... I do. It's, it's so uppercutty, And, like, I don't know... I guess I just don't know how he expects to make consistent hard contact if he's going to be that uppercutty on a swing. Like, I don't know. I don't know. It was a good pitch. It was like a change up down that he was able to catch up to, but he's still struggling with, with, with uh, heat. So, yeah, like I, I'm, I'm obviously hopeful, but I don't know. I, I, the home run was great. I just want to see more line drives. Like, for example, I see Hoskins today. You know, he goes he goes to the right field and like his second at bat, and it's like that's where we need Reese to be. Like we need Reese thinking opposite field because we know that when Reese is thinking opposite field, that's when you know that Reese is about get, about to get locked in. And the fact that Reese is already thinking that, I think, in his first spring training game is a great sign. Like Scotty is still thinking, you know, pulls to left field, like trying to hit twenty five home runs a, a a year as a as a muscled up you know, second baseman. Like, that's not what we need you to be. Like, I w- if, if Kingery was thinking right center field gap and, and all that stuff, I'd, I'd be more in. But I would actually rather have seen that than the home run today. So, I mean, yeah, I, I, I'm definitely, like, I want Scotty to be good, but I actually did not like the home run today. Wow. I like that. I, uh, an honest take there. I appreciate that. Uh, not that you're, you know, we never lie to listeners. Oh, but yeah, like, no, just take a shot, dude. Anything no, else, but I mean, else, like, this is Jetpack's back. Like, I that's know. that's your thing. And I, I appreciate you not riding the thing over what you see. Well, James, there was a lot of things today. That, I mean, I can only, I mean, we're breaking <laughs> you, down. We're breaking you are, down. A you, are, re- you are a things guy. I it's mean, we're true. breaking We're breaking down a Reese Hoskins single to right field as, like, a reason why he's going <laughs> to. <laughs> 35 homers this year so we'll, we'll, there's a lot of things to get into what else you got for today um uh, Vinny. so um the thing with Vinny is that he looked good like he just looked good it was it was normal it was he, he looked smooth per usual um you know i don't know if it was anything like obviously he's another guy that you don't want to get your your hopes up about and i do i just i can't get past that we call him Vinny Velo and he throws 94. Um, but he does throw, he, like his fastball has always graded out as, as elite. So um, I hope that they, they get more out of him. And it's just, it is nice that it seems like he's going to be out of the bullpen and we don't have to watch him every fifth day. So um, while I've never been a full believer in bullpen Vinny, 
Um, I've just like, you know, Vinny uh, on a whole, it's just a mostly a brutal watch, but at least it won't be the starting staff. But, um, you know, I thought he showed his good fastball today. I thought it was fine. Um, and there's just, uh, you know, there's a lot to like if they put him in the bullpen. So a good Vinny game. Uh, I still would like to see a little bit. I would like to believe more in the, in the off speed. Um, I actually thought I threw like one decent change up, but a good Vinny day. And uh, I'm excited for the rest of his spring. Man, I, it is it is amazing. And I know a different role this year, and that's something to be excited about theoretically and all that. But it is amazing your ability to, to continually come back to this, man. I know. To I know. continually say, you know what? That, Vinny. I, th- this is the time. This is the role. This is the thing that's going to work. It's going to work know, this time. I know. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. And then why I'm believing more than ever is, we talked about this a lot, but Caleb Gotham. I mean, I believe in oh, I believe in Caleb Cotham more than I believe <laughs> in anyone. Is it possible that some people are even beyond Caleb Cotham's yes, abilities? Of course, of course. But what we also have to realize is, and we we are learning it more and more with this Joel and Bead season, is sometimes players can grow, and you know you don't have to write players off because of four bad years like Vince Velasquez. You can give him <laughs> okay. You can give him one more shot. One more it's shot. It's a good attitude. Hey, uh, Boom! What a shot! Oh, what man. a shot, man! I, I will say, I am irrationally excited about Alex yes. Boom. Like you, that you know, kind of our thing is, you know, you're the one who gets irrationally excited about usually younger guys and all that stuff. But you, that's your thing. Like I'm like you when it comes to Alec Boom. Like sky's the limit for this guy, Zader. And it's like it's just so refreshing just to watch him hit. It's like, and, and believe me, I'm all about launch angle or whatever, like uh, exit velo and stuff. But he's just like, he's such a professional hitter. And he's always been a professional hitter since he got up. And it's it's like a it's a consistent thing to happen and all that stuff. I mean, um, you know, uh, Rube was on with Gilio last night and he threw out a Miggy comparison, which is, which is crazy. But when you watch it, it's the same kind of thing. I mean, it's... Like the like the best hitters in baseball are consistently thinking right center field gap and then and then hitting homers to like center field and like boom, his his home runs are to to center and right field. I mean the fact that we get to watch this guy for one sixty two this year hopefully it's just it's gonna be so fun to watch and I think I really do I think by the end of the year for as much as uh, for as much as we love Harper and as much as we love Real Muto like I think Bohm's going to be right there with those guys as like a beloved figure in this town especially when you realize how hard he works I mean I don't know if we've talked about this but like he he bought a place in Clearwater and he's been there since like December all he's done is all he's we have not talked about that That's yeah I mean all wild. he does is like live at the complex and you can already see it with his defense I mean he against the Blue Jays there was like two grainy videos or whatever but <laughs> I mean, we, we, we'll break <laughs> like Zapruder, yeah, we'll but... break those down as much as we need to. But you know, he's making like diving plays and backhanded stabs, and just like he's a, he's one of those guys that you just believe in because of the work they put in, and like how competitive he is. I mean, he takes and I and we talked about this I think last podcast, but 
they asked him about his defense in one of the Zoom calls, and like he, you could see how like mad he was in his eyes about them asking about his defense. He's like, "Yeah, I'm here to prove people wrong. I'm here to prove that I can play third base long term." And dude, if they have Bohm that can play third base long term legitimately, and then you have Hoskins who is on his way back. Like, so that you don't have to trade one of those guys. Now I know the DH is probably coming next year. It just it just solves a lot of issues. And he yeah, he is just such a joy. And like I don't think it's totally unfair to throw now I think Miggy's a little too far, but like but like a Freeman, Rendon, JD Martinez kind of comp on, on Alec Bohm. I mean, it's aggressive, but yeah, look, I can but, see but, it. Like, I mean, but is it, just, that, is it even that aggressive? No, Are no. we actually sleeping it, on it, Alec Bohm? A little bit. Yeah, I don't I don't think it's that aggressive. Even the Miggy one, like, it's aggressive. It, it's, you know, like, Miggy's a, no doubt about it, Hall of Famer. Um, so it anyone this age who hasn't done it, you know, for any extended period of time, it, it's always going to feel aggressive, but it's not aggressive. Like, this guy's that kind of hitter. He really is. I mean, it feels like... He makes adjustments pitch to pitch. Like he is, he is so impressive. He just is so comfortable. And look, we saw it too with the clutch hitting and and all that. Like every time they needed a big hit from this guy last year, he gave it to him, and it went like it just felt easy. It felt like second nature. I'm with you. Like I think there's a chance that by the end of the season, we look at this team and say, "Oh, Alec Bohm is the best hitter on this team." Like flat out. I think that's a real chance. Yeah, and I just hope that the the Braves, Mets, and Nationals and the Marlins are all ready for it because I've been sick and tired of teams getting backbreaking hits against the Phillies, and we have that guy now that is going to get the backbreaking hits against you. I mean, that's that's just what it is. And and oh, dude, like they just an absolute tank the center field. I mean. Like we saw, oh, what a beast! Like we shot. saw last year, you know the the um, obviously the elite bat to ball skills and all of that. But I'm just excited for him to put together one of those like thirty one ten batting three hundred seasons when it's like like the peak Alec Bohm years are just going to be so exciting to watch. Like, um, like like I mean, I think like three hundred twenty five is in play oh, yeah. this year. No, I, I agree. <laughs> he could go three hundred thirty. Like that's. That he could do that yeah, immediately. And he, and he doesn't strike out, which is great. Um, yeah, and just, 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 we talked about it a lot at the end of last year. Just thinking about uh, lineup every day of of having Boom behind or even in the middle of of Real Muto and Harper, and just how like tough that's going to be on opposing opposing pitchers. Like I wouldn't even hate like putting him in the two hole. I mean, just having the two hole and have him make that hard contact and not strike out and like be a way souped up version of Placido Polanco. I mean, I don't know. There's there, there's so many possible outcomes for Alec Bohm, but given how hard he works and given his competitiveness and like he's just going to be such a treat this year. Yeah, I'm excited. You got anything else from today before we move um, on to other stuff? Yeah, so I do really want to – well, all right. I really want to talk about Brian Mitchell – um, because I, uh, I really like Brian Mitchell. I don't, I don't know if he can make the team. I think he has a shot like, like genuinely James, I feel good about the bullpen. And I know we've talked oh, about the, I do, man. I'm telling you the bullpen's going to oh, be good. Buddy. I'm telling you it's going to be good. The bullpen, the bullpen is going to be good this year. I don't know how good, but they're not going to kill him. 
I believe in this bullpen. There's been stories about Jose Alvarado and how like he was embarrassed at his raised tenure last year or whatever, and he's just is came into camp in shape, throwing hard, and I was like, super great, all in. But then there's Brian Mitchell, who was generating legitimate whiffs today, uh, just on his on his fastball. I thought his curveball had really good spin to it. Um, I heard some stuff about him possibly being up to like the upper nineties early in camp. He was sitting like 95, 96 today. So it's a legitimate power arm. Uh, I remember I always liked him with the Yankees. Like I always thought he was going to be that guy that kind of break through a couple of years ago. Um, never put it together. Went to San Diego it was terrible. Um, but man, he, it seems like I, I, I don't have the spin numbers in front of me. Um, but it looks like he generates good, good, good spin on his fastball. It looks like he generates good spin on his curveball. So um, the uh, the Jack Fritz eye is is definitely watching very closely uh, towards Brian Mitchell. Okay, uh, I'm gonna go off his baseball reference page and say he's not good. Oh, this now is, this who is knows? Just hater. This, you're <laughs> maybe, just being a hater. Maybe, maybe something is it. I mean, you gotta admit the baseball I reference. I know page the is baseball not reference page isn't good. I mean, he was awful in I San know. Diego, and he was awful in New York in 2017 too. Didn't pitch at all I'm last year. I'm well aware. In the majors, I'm at least. well aware. I'm well yeah. aware. So and also, I mean, like not a strikeout guy. I know, but that's what made today so interesting because he's he was generating <laughs> like legitimate whiffs on his fastball. My man struck out thirty eight guys in seventy three no, innings. See, as a rel- as a relief pitcher, Jack. You're no, just being a hater. No. You're being a hater. Yes, I, I I'll take it. I'm a Brian Mitchell hater until football. okay, okay. Well, okay. you have fun on that on that hill. All right. I'm gonna I'm gonna come back at you with this bullpen. All right, and here's my what? take what's your what's on, your take? We got we went through your whole thing. You just did all your thing about today and all the excitement stuff. We don't lie to the high hopes listeners. Here's my take. Spring training means nothing. Oh, you Do are not just the worst. Get swept away like Jack Fritz. Do not look at it. Someone in a home run in spring training and be like, oh, oh my goodness. Don't buy into the best shape of his life. It's all B. S. Now, there are things you can look for. I agree. If you see someone who has a new pitch, if you have someone who has a, a tick in velocity, if you see someone who's altered their swing, those fundamental changes, those fundamental differences to how they play the game, to them as a player, that stuff can be valid. And even then, don't just believe it. Like, But it can be valid. But in terms of like, oh, this guy's batting 430 in spring. It's He's going to be great. No. It's just not the way it works. I'm sorry. It's just not. Like, it's just not. Like, we've seen so many examples year after year after year after year of guys who have these awesome springs and then suck in the season. Like, we all know, like, pitchers will go out and they're like, I'm working on my curveball today. I'm going to throw 50% curveballs. Like, all this kind of stuff. Like, you just can't take it at face value. So, I appreciate the excitement, but I'm throwing some yeah, I feel like I feel like I'm being yelled at. I mean, I feel like I'm... I feel like I'm being talked to. I mean, I'm sorry. I'm, yeah, I would say it's more a talking to than being sorry. yelled at. You know, more of a scolding. Right. I'm sorry. Almost. I'm sorry I offended you with my excitement towards our, <laughs> towards our baseball team. No, it's it's good. You want to do the rest of the podcast by yourself? I mean, unbelievable. I mean, I could. I mean, you're big time. you got to go I mean, on the radio. I mean, seriously. Bit, so. I can't get excited. You're, Jack's like, oh, I can only go till this oh, time because you. I've got to, I got to go on the Joe Giulio show, you know, no biggie. Oh, you just, are you know. just, you are just. I'm, the worst. A, I'm a guest on the radio, like you know. So, so, no so, so I guess you don't want a full breakdown of 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 uh, <laughs> of my guy of my guy CJ Chatham or no? 
<laughs> of course I do. Just give it to me. I mean, you, whether I do or don't, I think the, the High Hopes listeners do. No, I think. I, I, I guess, think. I guess I just don't appreciate you saying, uh, not believing in me when I say that Brian Mitchell is this year's uh, Costanzi or whatever his name is. <laughs> like Brian Mitchell is clearly this year's Jim Constancy. That's all I'm saying. So MVP season coming, yeah. baby. Yeah. Yeah. No, I don't get ahead of myself. Everyone knows that. Um, <laughs> no, yeah, exactly. Um, dude. So like, I love CJ Chatham and like, there's going to, there's going to be, there's, there's an interesting, um, like bench battle that's kind of going on between him and Nick Matten. Um, like Nick Matten's, who also homered just today. smoking the ball all over the field, and then and then Chatham, um, he kind of has the uh, he has that and not the same player at all, but like the Bohm right center field gap, um, just seems to 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 barrel up the baseball a lot. So I I'm excited for what both of those guys can do. I think they're I think I'm not gonna say they're gonna be unbelievable. I mean, sure, at one point on this. Po- I mean, in reality, neither will probably make the roster, right? Um, I don't know. I, th- I think there could be a bench job to be one. And as a backup infielder. I mean, there is not. It depends really on what the role with Kingery is, right? If Kingery's not your starting center fielder, then he's going to be your backup infielder. But if he's a starting center fielder, then it's a difference. Would you agree uh, with that? Probably. Yeah. Uh, they'll just, they'll move them all over the place, but regardless, I mean, I think there's, I think there, there are two prospects that I think could eventually help this team. Um, a few years down the road, it seems like they can make decent contact. Like they both look like they're a year away from being, uh, pretty good utility guys. Um, although I did say earlier, um, in this podcast that CJ Chatham's going to be our version of Ryan Sandberg. So, um, <laughs> we'll see how that plays out. But, um, I just, I, 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 I like what I've seen from both of those guys and, if they can, if they can turn into like a, a Brock Holt type of player, we've seen how valuable those guys can be. Um, you kind of hope that Kingery's not Brock Holt. You hope he's a little bit better, but Kingery could even be that kind of guy. Um, but they just look like like guys that could help a, a winning ball club down the road. So good stuff from them. I like it. Uh, we need guys who can help a winning ball club down the road. That's a uh, something I'm looking for right now, Jack. Um, all right, you got any other spring training thoughts before we move on to some other stuff? I do, but I will. Uh, you want to save it for the yeah, take back? Yeah, let me save it for the take back. Okay, quickly. Uh, the JBJ dream is clearly dead. Signing with the Brewers, I don't think it was a real dream to begin with. Are you holding out any hope for Jay? Jay Godorizzi, clearly, I think the the by far biggest name still kind of sitting out there. Someone will sign him. He will be pitching in the league this year at some point. Um, I think he's holding out. You know, we've seen guys wait till the end. And like Kyle Loesch a few years ago, Alex Cobb, if I remember correctly, it worked out for. Like there have been guys who have waited till like towards the end of spring training or when the season started and teams have gotten desperate and signed them to nice deals and they got more than they expected. Do you think that's what Odorizzi is doing? Do you think this lasts much longer? And do you think there's any real chance the Phillies are actually in on Odorizzi? Um, well, uh, I think he's eventually going to get paid. I'm not sure for how much just because – I don't know. It, it seems weird, you know. He's waiting. For, he might be waiting for an offer that's not out there, um, so maybe he comes back down. But I think there's a chance. I just don't think the Phillies are going to go way overboard to try to sign him. You know, I think if he comes down to like, you know, I, maybe like eight million a year or something for three years or two at the third year option, maybe. I just don't know if he's going to get down to that kind of level. But um, I, I think there could be a, a if, if they go out to spring training and it's clear that they're like one starter away from really being something. I don't know. I wouldn't put it past them. But uh, I mean, 
after what I saw from Matt Moore today, might not need him. And <laughs> and boy, are we one Chase Anderson good outing tomorrow away from definitely oh, don't man. need him. Because um, spring training results are the only thing that matters. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> so good work. That's yeah, good work, Mike. Yeah. Right uh, I didn't again. I felt like I was being yelled at. Sorry, d- sorry, Dad. Um, <laughs> but uh, but no, I, I don't think they're gonna sign him. But I could see his if his price is low enough. Um, and, and it's a clear, clear hole, which it, I still think it is. Um, yeah, I can see them going for it, but I'm not going to, I would put it at like a 10% chance. Yeah. I, I don't have high hopes, but you know, I love what easy. I would be all in on that move. And I think it really could change the complexion of kind of how they are as a regular season team. All right. Um, a couple more things, then we'll get to your take bag. Um, I'm guessing, you know, this for sure, but I'll give you a, who said it? Uh, and I will not curse because I know Jack hates cursing. Um, my mentality is basically just bleep you. You're not bleeping beat me today. You're not going to beat us today. As soon as we get the lead, we're going to come out and we're going to shove it up your, you know what? And if a guy is in trouble, then the next guy needs to bleep and shove it up your bleep. <laughs> Jack, who said it? Um. Uh, that was me at Bloomsburg in 2014 <laughs> when we set a school record in wins. Uh, that would be that would be the one and only Brandon Kinsler who was really laying it on thick to try to get that three million dollar contract from the Phils to. Uh, <laughs> I love to, it. To, my, my man coming yeah, in. Hot. It's like it's like hold on. What time do you think they asked him that? Do you think that was at like <laughs> seven a.m. like when they first got to the ballpark? Like, hey, hey, uh, Brandon, how you feel about this year? Yeah. So I'm gonna tell you something, Matt Gill. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's like, whoa, man. Like we haven't even had our coffee yet. Relax. Hey, chill, buddy. It's all yeah, good. Just, it's just hey, good. hey, just go inside. Maybe, maybe take a chill pill. Um, you know, I mean, I love it, but I love it, man. I love it. Oh, here's what I'll say. Here's what I'll say. Here's what I'll say. Brandon Kinsler is not as good a pitcher as Archie Bradley, but right now, I'm a bigger fan of Brandon Kinsler. I just have to say it. I have to be real. Archie Bradley has disappointed me so far, for obvious right. reasons. Right, and I am. Um, I- Brandon Kinsler looks like a Philly guy. Brandon Kinsler, congratulations. You're a Philly guy. Welcome. Uh, Archie, once again, you could become a Philly guy if you ditch the Chris Rose podcast and and come on this podcast. Yeah, Chris Rose. Chris Rose. Really, no offense to Chris Rose. He seems like a fine gentleman. But really, Archie, really? Do you care about being a Philly at all? That's what I I want to know. It's it's a fair critique. Uh, Another thing I will say about Brandon Kinsler is that – you know, I I wish the guy that said that was not a ninety-one mile an hour thrower sinker baller. You know, I wish <laughs> I know a thirty-seven-year-old yeah. sinker yeah. baller. Like it's if, like, if, it, oh. like, it's like if yeah, if if Josh Hader says it, it's like yeah, let's go. Yeah, but yeah, less yeah, that. it's it doesn't have the same effect when it's ninety-one with a little bit of sink and like you know hoping to get guys out. But uh, hey, listen, I do think that that could be something the bullpen can kind of get behind. Um, to, to what extent, I don't know. But I do think that having, you know, for as much as I know, this is whatever. But, like, for as much as people hated Papelbon and for, for you know, obvious reasons, he was the worst. Like, the guys in that bullpen loved that guy. And, like, the 2015 Phillies bullpen happened. And everyone needs to know about it. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> the yes, 
The legend of the yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, at the, look, I do think you need guys well, like you just that. Need, you like, need guys you need, that have gotten like, big outs. Bullpens need guys. Yeah, exactly. And bullpen, like being a bullpen pitcher is weird, especially being a closer. It's a weird thing. We talk about it all the time. Like, you just need to be a little messed up in the head sometimes. And it seems like Brandon Kinsler's got that in space. Uh, yeah. Also well, that's what me and, too. At 37, let me tell you. Let me tell you, Jack. I'm still not used to seeing a baseball player at 37 years old and saying that guy's younger than me. Not cool. Yeah. Just and um, and uh, another thing, you just mentioned how bullpen guys have to be a little messed up in the head. Like That's why... I struggled so much with being a bullpen guy because I'm so level-headed that yes, I'm clearly a starter. Also, does it make you feel old that the the Eagles head coach is like three months? Uh, Literally, he's three months older than me. Yeah, no, yeah, of course it does, Jack. Of course yeah, that's got to be an odd feeling. That's got to like I, I haven't one. fully experienced that yet because I'm technically supposed to be in my prime still, even though my even though my <laughs> knee really hurts. <laughs> so like, um, but yeah, that's got to be that's got to send shockwaves through your system. Yeah, like I'm I'm at the point where like it's pretty soon there'll be no baseball players older than me and yeah, it's not great. No, yeah, it's no, it's uh, definitely not. It's not one of those things that you're like, "Oh, I can't wait till this happens." It's not like, it's not a milestone it's, it's for the you. The opposite. No. I hope Tom Brady keeps playing for the next decade. Like I want that guy to play forever for this reason only. And that's it. I got nothing. Well, else. don't worry. Uh Brian Mitchell will, will still be pitching into his <laughs> <laughs> mid 40s. Where is Jamie Moyer when I need him? You know what I'm saying? Um, all right. I got two more all things right. for you. Three three more things. Three more things. Uh, quickly, um, and this happened like right after our pod last week, so it's been six days or whatever, but Bryce Harper spoke, talked a lot about the franchise and you know how happy he was that Dabrowski was here and, and talked about the Phillies letting him be him. I just want to thank the Phillies for letting Bryce Harper be Bryce because I love Bryce. As I said last time, I'm so sick and tired of people going after Bryce for, like, giving us what we want. Oh, what a horrible thing. This guy cares about his fan base and actually wants to make them happy. Like, what a terrible thing. How could anyone How could anyone like this phony? It's like, no, screw you. This guy's awesome. He actually gives a bleep about what I think about him, which is, like, so foreign to me as a fan of sports. Like, all in. I, I, I will do it every week if I have to. Like, shut up. The Bryce haters, shut up. I'm talking to you, Joe DeCamera, and everyone else out there, shut up. Well, I'm glad you said it. I'm glad you got it off your chest. I feel the same way towards CJ Chatham haters um, but, <laughs> <laughs> and Moniac deniers. Um, but, yeah. And and how about, how about uh, you know, Nick right. Pavetta? Yes, deniers. yes. I mean, he... I mean, look, looked pretty good yeah, the other yeah. day, but um, yeah, he it was it was a good uh, it was a good session for Bryce. Um, I didn't really listen to anything else he said after he said that um, Bryson Stott reminds him of J.J. Hardy and Brandon Crawford in the field and Garrett Anderson at the plate. <laughs> and you just like had to, you had to find a bag to hyperventilate. Yeah, I had to go. I had to go point. cool yeah. off. Like again, just just for clarity's sake here, if he is Brandon Crawford slash J.J. Hardy in the field and Garrett Anderson. At the plate at shortstop, he is a high level Hall of Famer. Yeah, he so sure is. that'd be cool. I'm in on that. <laughs> he sure is. But uh, at least we're not Jeez. putting too much pressure on the kid. Um, <laughs> but yes, I. Uh, it was a good, and it's just you know, it's it can't be underrated. I guess how much he cares. You know, and I know you, the fan thing, and I, I I'm with you on that. But also just the organization. I mean, obviously he was like 
scared of where the organization was heading and probably rightfully so like i just signed here for 13 years and we're already cutting payroll so yeah it was it was uh it was massive and the dombrowski thing was massive and i think we said it last podcast but legitimately uh, getting dombrowski here uh might have staved off a an eventual bryce harper yeah a bryce harper trade i really think it did i think dave uh, you know again you cannot go more 180 than we have with Dave Dombrowski, but I, I really think this franchise is in a whole lot of trouble if they didn't get Dave Dombrowski here. <laughs> Who'd have thunk it? <laughs> Who'd uh, have thunk it? All right. Not us. We always believe in Dave Dombrowski. No, we, never once has a bad word about Dave Dombrowski come out of our mouth. Never That's once. Right. Just for the record. All right. Uh, I'm going to save my last thing for my final thoughts. So take Ooh, back. Oh, okay. And boy, has there been some games to have some take bags too. Um, all right. Yeah. I was, I was expecting a robust take well, bag I, as you granted to be fair. I, I think I took a lot of did. it away early on. So you, you did, you, know. you did, but that's okay. As long as we get it all in there, it's all matters. Um, all so good. I have, uh, so speaking of Bryce, don't forget you got your big radio interview coming up. So, you know, you may want to hustle or whatever, just, you know, I mean, listen, jealousy, jealousy, really, <laughs> you can, you can hear it spreading through this podcast. Yes, um, I'm, so, I'm exactly sorry. what it is. Um, yes. so, uh, with, with Bryson Stott, just, just real quick. Um, I have watched his at bat from the first game six times now. I am borderline obsessed with it. It was such like a, it was such a beautiful at bat. I only saw the, I, I briefly glimpsed at his at bat today and I already missed two pitches. So I felt like I was too far down a rabbit hole that I missed too much, but, um, I he is going to be and I'm not going to put like the Garrett Anderson whatever. That guy is going to be a solid very solid major league player for a long time. I don't know how good he's going to be. Like I don't know what kind of level he's going to achieve whatever. All I know is that guy is going to be good. Like this his ability to already like he's already like spitting on pitches that he's not looking to do damage on. He's getting fastballs and he's looking to do damage on them. Um, he he's always been a good bat to ball guy. He looks like he's added more power. Definitely added more strength. The bat looks quick through the zone. I I just I was so impressed with like this guy who has never played above rookie ball, um, facing major league caliber pitchers in in a sense. I mean, obviously they're not major league guys yet, but they're at least fringe guys. And from day one, you could just tell that he was calm, cool, collected. And I think being around Bryce Harper has obviously helped him a lot. And I think Bryce is kind of taking him under his wing like Jason Worth did back in the day when, when Bryce got to Washington. And I just – I can't wait to see the kid play more. And it has already entered into my head like, <laughs> like what if he's ready? Like what if Bryce Stott is, is, is ready halfway through the season? Like what are they going to do? I mean, Segura can't go anywhere until two years from now. Didi, same thing. Um, they're not putting him in center field. Third base is boom. Like, until the DH comes, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I've already thought of what Bryson Stott's ready, but I think that's a good place to be at and, and a good problem to have. Yeah, dude, uh, it's a great problem to have. Like, well, we can find somewhere for Gene Segura to go. Don't you worry. Well, he we'll figure no this out. Law, so good luck with that. Yeah, we'll f- we'll, we'll find <laughs> okay. a way. Well, there's a w- where there's a will, there's a way, um, Jack. Either way, look, I think just the idea of that we've had, so, and obviously Alec Bohm, not one of them, and and Aaron Nola, not one of them, but we've had so many misses on these first round picks over the last decade, really, but certainly in the Clentac era and all that. That 
like to to hit on 14 to hit on this pick there that would be that'd be really good man that'd be a really exciting thing for this franchise if Bryson Saka turn it yeah and I finally found my swing comp for him so he has he's he's added like a little Real quick, yes, real yes, quick, yes. real quick. I just, I just want the listeners to understand that when Jack says he finally found, like, it really does mean he finally found. Like, Jack was, like, I could see on his face pained when he came into the studio I was working and complained that he couldn't figure out exactly who it was, and that he knew the comp was there, and he's showing me video of Bryce and taught me, like, who is it? I can't. And I'm like, Jack, you know I'm horrible at this. Like, I'm not that guy. And you finally figured it out, and I was really happy for you. But I want people to understand that when Jack says, I finally figured it out, finally really does mean finally. I know. I feel like, uh, is, it, is it like <laughs> Nicolas Cage when he, in, in, in National Treasure when he finally puts it all together? Sure. That's, yeah. It works. That's a, that's a comp that can yeah, be Yeah, that's how I feel when I finally figure out uh, my... So I, th- I think of more like Neo in The Matrix when all of a sudden he can see the matrix and he stops the bullets and just waves them down well uh one member of this pod i know (laughs) you've never seen the matrix you go national treasure which is like one one thousandth as good a movie as the matrix dude i love national treasure and like my my movies growing up were national treasure and uh, a day after tomorrow which is also a horrible movie. That is movie. not a horrible movie. Yeah, is that the one with Jake yes. Gyllenhaal? Are you talking about that one, Dennis? Oh, that is a horrendous, and it's called The Day After Tomorrow. Whatever, that's what I said. Uh, I, I think. believe. Isn't that what I it's did, called? Yeah, I said A Day After Tomorrow. Oh, did you? Okay, okay. Um, horrendous uh, movie. Like honestly, I was so disappointed because I was excited for that movie. You know, you see all the 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 you know the earthquake and the the tidal wave heading towards New York. I was like, oh, it's gonna be good. It's really well. I wasn't in my mid thirties when I saw uh, a day after tomorrow like you. So I, oh, I, dude, I will say when you said my movies growing up were National Treasure and Day Before Tomorrow. I think it's a day after. Yeah, day after. You're the one that's messing it up, not me, pal. (laughs) No, I am. I realized that when I said it there. Day after tomorrow, like I was, I was like, I felt like an old man at that point. So it made me feel old just to hear you say my movies growing up were that, but they're not great, Jack. You can do better (laughs) for everyone listening right now. Tweet at Jack and tell him how much better the Matrix is in those movies. Like, like levels. Like we're talking about, uh, if 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 those movies are are five out of ten, the Matrix is a hundred out of ten. Like it's that much better. Whatever. Anyway, so um, uh, whatever. My, my first my first swing comp for Bryson Stott was Carlos Santana, and I still think it's a pretty good comp. It's just that. Um, Carlos Santana doesn't make contact at the rate that um, that that. Bryson Stock can, but I finally figured it out because he added this little twirl at the bottom um, to, I guess, create more power. Um, um, and he just he reminds me a lot of Kendry's Morales. All right, Kendry's Morales. Now we won't have the power of Kendry's Morales, but dude, what a random, what a random yeah. comp. It's great. I love it, and I could actually see it again. I'm not great at these, but once you tell me them, and I can look at it and see it like Kendrick they do have a similar stance a similar kind of twirl when they're swinging like I could see it Morales obviously a bit of a a bigger guy yeah hefty husky perspective yeah exactly 
I mean, yeah. obviously the power will be a lot different, but Kendrick Morales uh, raked for a long time. So, um, yeah, I just I haven't really stopped thinking about Bryson Stott since um, Monday, and uh, I'm excited to get to his at bat today once I finally finish my uh, my rewatch. A guy, another guy that's catch my eye out of the bullpen, and I'm excited to see him more and more um, is David Paulino, um, along with Brian Mitchell. Uh, just two guys who, who the stuff just looks like it plays. Um, I love the change up, love the fastball. I thought the curveball had good spin to it. I'd like to see it in the zone more. Um, but it just looks like a guy that generates soft contact. And at one point, I'm pretty sure he was a top 50 prospect with the Astros back in like 2017, 2018, and then um, got hurt and stuff. But has always had good, good, good stuff. So again, uh, just just keep giving power arms to Caleb Cotham and let him figure out the rest. But uh, like what I saw from him so far. Um, but yeah, big day tomorrow. I mean, I think it's going to be Bradley, Coonrod, Alvarado, I think Naris. So, um, it's going to be a big bullpen day tomorrow, but, uh, likewise also far from Brian, uh, David Paulino. Um, you want to talk some Woba? <laughs> I mean, chicks dig the Woba. I'm always down to talk Woba. Who are you talking to? I actually think Woba is one of the it's- better stats out there. Like I really do. If you're like really trying to look at like how good of an offensive player is this guy i think woba is a a pretty good stat to use if you're just gonna pick one stat. uh front offices value woba more than the other weighted on base average for those who do not know Uh, and and a little inside my brain here um i tweeted this the other night actually so i'll just i'll get to the the woba thing so um zach eflin had the highest differential in baseball between his expected woba last year and his actual woba Wait, difference in which way? Like good, good, good like good, a, a, he good. got a oh good oh wow yeah so really? like his um I th- so the woba was higher than yeah it so I think his I think his actual yeah. woba was like three ten and his expected woba was in the two sevens so it was like it, yeah wow. it was like a forty point differential wow. and legitimately it was it was the highest in baseball um so I it's another reason why I think people are buying into Eflin more and more. And I mean, we didn't see the video of it, obviously, but in his first start, I mean, he was, he was hitting 94, 95 and he had three strikeouts and two innings. So the fact that his strikeout stuff is still there, um, I just, I, I think he's going to be really good this year. Um, but yeah, so with Woba, <laughs> I, I like tweeted it the other night just to see what the reaction would be. Cause I could just tell that people were going to be in my mentions. Like, Ugh, like how about Ugh, your eye what test? Is that? Stupid stats. How do you like stats, <laughs> yeah. man? What's your war, yeah, idiot? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and then, and then, <laughs> then the next day, I brought it up on the air, and like John and Ike, I think wanted to throw me out the throw me out the studio. Like I just felt like such a nerd bringing up <laughs> bringing yeah. up Woba on WIP, and uh, I was just honestly, I brought it up because I wanted to see if I could get Howard to text me. Because Howard listens all the time, and he hates advanced stats. So I wanted to see if I talked about Woba enough, if Howard would text me saying I was a nerd. Did it didn't work? work? It didn't work. I got him. I got him. Aww. I got him later on the Wilt thing. Yeah, you get everyone on the Wilt thing. <laughs> there is nothing you can make uh, a people of a certain age bracket more upset with than saying the hundred point game didn't happen. That's about as bad as it gets for them. Yeah. Okay. Um, let's see what else I have here. Uh, real quick, just to just, I'm so with you. I think everyone's listening to this knows that we're both in on Eflin, but I'm, I'm really with you. Like, I don't think people realize like the average, not the, not our listeners, obviously the, the best of the best when it comes to Phillies fans, but 
I don't think the average Philly fan understands just how good Zach Eflin is and can be. I agree. And I, I, this might be like my biggest take of the season, but I think he's going to have a better year than Wheeler. And I'm excited. Oh, buddy. I'm ex- I like that. Take. That's a good, that's a good take like that. Just, just, you know, art of the take guy and all that. It's a good take. Thanks. I appreciate it. Um, two more things here on my, uh, in my take bag. The drinking survey that came out and had the Phillies fans like the 30th. Oh, the, yeah. It was like the most I ridiculous mean, thing I've ever seen yeah, in my life. I mean, seriously. First off, we watched that bullpen last year. And if that bullpen didn't make you drink, then, I mean, what will? So, um, like, that that survey is ridiculous. We're not the 30th ranked. I mean. It's, it's among the dumbest things I've ever seen in my life. Like, stop. I totally agree. And um, I would just like to say that anyone that shares that survey – you know, don't share it because it's it's <laughs> yeah. Just keep, keep it to yourself. It's an absolute lie. It's an absolute lie. And my final uh, thing in the in the take bag is that like I'm just so thankful for Caleb Cotham, Joe Dillon, Jason Ochart, Travis Hergert, Pat Robles. Just like these guys are hitting the crap out of the baseball and they're throwing the baseball hard. And I know that sounds simplistic. But, like, they weren't always doing that. And you're starting to see tools flash that haven't flashed in a while. I mean, you're starting – like, Mickey Moniak hit two balls, like, 104 miles an hour today, like, 450 feet. Like, what – like, Mickey Moniak? I mean that like that's crazy. Um, like Nick Nick Maton is like is 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 hitting balls hard all over the place. Like those guys are are getting the most out of the talent, and I'm just excited for Brian Barber and his staff to 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 continue to give these guys tools to work with. You know, because you see all these teams around baseball, you see all the videos, and it's like, man, some of these teams have some nasty guys, and. The Phillies just literally just haven't had that in a while. Like they just they kind of just were bad at selecting players, and they valued like spotting fastballs over throwing hard and and contact and tools over over like I don't know stuff that matters. So um, like these guys are hitting the ball hard. They are throwing their stuff with with legitimate like movement and velo and all of that. So I just it's just such a breath of fresh air to sit down and 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 see the most getting out of these guys. So um, it's, it's early in camp, but you're just, you're, you're seeing the difference already, especially on the hitting side so far, just loud, loud contact. Yeah. Brian Barber and Jason Ochart are my two favorite things about the Phillies. Like right now, that's my two favorite things going. I'm with you. It's massive. It's so important. I mean, it's, it's the future. It's what we talk about. It's, it's building a sustainable thing you know that we could be good every year and it all starts and ends there you know with drafting and developing like that's it like that's the key to everything and those two guys are so so important um all right uh by the way jason ochar i noticed his sister is an artist did you see i tweeted that out check out his sister's art my mom's an artist nice so i can nice. that. i did yeah, not see mom. that huh? yeah so shout out to jason ochar and his our sister guy. who is Hashtag an artist our guy. Yeah, uh, exactly. That's why, you know, it's our guy. Um, all right, final thoughts. I'll go first because I, I teased it before, but um, I think people who listen to this podcast and you, even earlier this podcast, just always making fun of me, will will appreciate why I appreciate this. But uh, the great Destiny Legardo, shout out to Destiny, you should all follow yes, on Twitter. Uh, great, yeah. great follow. And a really, you know, 
great job. Mm-hmm. She does a great job. But um, she tweeted out that the um, uh, Minnesota Twins had put out a video of Alexander Cole. Nice. And the reason I call him Alexander Colme is because in that video, he told me how to say his name. And Destiny pointed this out, and it's something I've thought for a really long time, and I was happy she put out that video, and there are teams that do it. Like, I don't know, the Tampa Bay Rays an example of a smart baseball team that does this. Every single team should tweet out videos of their players saying their names, how their names are supposed to be pronounced. It would save all of us, especially me, let's be real, we all know, so much suffrage and headache and getting their names wrong. Like, don't you want us to know how to say their names? They're players on our teams. Like, just tweet out videos of how to say their names. Like, it would make everything so much easier. Have a website that we can go to and hear these guys pronounce their names. It's like, it's like so simple and obvious that, of course, everyone doesn't do it. Like, please, please, it's such a no-brainer. And obviously, it would help me so I don't have to get ripped by Jack anymore. Hasht- hashtag Thank help you. out Seltzer. I mean, Seltzer. Exactly. That's all I'm saying. And the best part about this is that you, uh, you first you admitted you had a problem, um, (laughs) and and you were vulnerable, and you said, "Hey, I struggle with this. How can I get better?" And the fact that you want to get better, I think, says a lot about you, kids. So, um, (laughs) thanks, buddy. Thanks. I'm on my way up. You know, I'm just. Yep. I'm trying to get better every day I can. uh, My only final thought is, there's no better beer to watch the Phillies this weekend than some fresh cans of high hops. And yes, I will have to eventually bring some to you. Um, yeah. I mean, that I would know. be cool. I mean, you, you bring them I to know. other people. It's uh, like, oh, I'll bring them to all these yeah. other people. and They can try it, but not yep. my guy. It's yep. all good. Yep. Whatever. All about me. So, um, <laughs> I know. It's not like I see you every freaking day or anything, but no big. I know. I know. I will. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you, this is one you should feel bad about, but it's okay. I'll well, soon it. enough. Soon enough, I'll get you, I'll get you some. Yeah. So, um, listen, come to the brewery. Again, if you want to talk some launch angle and exit below with my dad, he will not know what you're talking about. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, get some high hops cans and, and watch some ball games this weekend. I think the Phillies are on tomorrow and Sunday. And then they're they're not on TV Saturday. Either way, just thoroughly ecstatic. Like, isn't isn't it just so nice to to watch him again? Um, oh, oh, dude, I've had a a level of joy, just like a walking around feeling of joy that I I haven't had in a while. Like it it, it has really bolstered my happiness knowing that they're back. Uh, I know, I know. And it, what sucks though is like I know this I, like it sucks that uh, the prospects are going to be gone soon, and we're going to have to watch like players like Bryce. <laughs> we're going to have to watch the Phillies. Yeah, yeah. I know. We're gonna have to watch yeah. players like Bryce and Jay. Major League yeah. Baseball. It's going to be so tough. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be it's such a bad beat to have to watch Major League Baseball <laughs> compared to the minor leaguers. Uh, so true. I know. I know. It really sucks, but we'll get through it together. Yeah, we will. We will. We'll be right here with you. Rate and review the podcast. We're on the march to a thousand, and we're gonna figure something out. I think. But we're what are we? Did we get to eight hundred yet, Jack? Yeah. I know we were. we're yeah, close. we did get to eight hundred. Oh. So the the march to a thousand that? is officially on. Okay, so rate and review the podcast. It really, really, really means a lot to Jack, and I appreciate it too. Uh, five stars preferred, but you know, we'll take whatever we get. Um, but only five stars. Yes, yes. Um, yeah, I mean, only five stars. And uh, more baseball, more Phillies. We'll be back next week. He's Fritz himself. We'll talk to you later.